0: even with somebody that is clearly as gifted, as wonderful of a person, and just good at connecting and encouraging people, even somebody who is as good at all those things as Barnabas was, he still wasn't enough by himself. You are listening to the Hope Valley Podcast, a weekly production of Hope Valley Church in Winchester, Virginia, with your host, Pastor Sam Rogers. Well, hello, and welcome to Sunday Morning with Hope Valley Church. I'm Pastor Sam. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Valley. And today we're actually going to be picking up in Acts chapter 11, verse 19, in our study through the book of Acts. And so uh, as we get started here, let me just give you some introductory information uh, to get you caught up with where we are in the book of Acts. And we'll go from there. So uh, we're actually going to be picking up again with Paul today, who uh, the last time we heard from Paul was back in Acts chapter 9, uh, verse 30. And so we're going to be picking up with Paul again, uh, a.k.a. Saul, uh, here in Acts chapter 11. Uh, and just as a reminder, Saul uh, is somebody who had been really heavily Persecuting the church, uh, but he had this radical conversion to Christianity after being uh, confronted by Jesus on the road to Damascus, and and uh, after his conversion and uh, and being saved and brought into the church, uh, he went to Jerusalem. and Barnabas there, Barnabas was really key in helping Paul find acceptance and relationship. In Jerusalem and then the church there uh, and so they became close you can see through that time uh, but as things went on it, it, persecution ramped up and up and there was more and more opposition to Saul from the other Jews and all these guys and so the church in Jerusalem had actually helped Saul escape uh, first to Caesarea and then back up to Tarsus which is uh, actually his hometown and so he's been up in Tarsus since Acts chapter 9 uh, verse 30, and we've seen the story of Peter and, and uh, all the things that have happened between him and Cornelius and all these things. And so uh, we're going to be coming back to, to Saul and Tarsus today. Uh, and Tarsus was actually not far from Antioch, which is going to be a, a key uh, city uh, in today's passage. Uh, they were actually uh, just across from the bay from each other up in the north, uh, the north eastern corner of the Mediterranean Sea. Um, and so, you know, what's happening is that the gospel is it's spreading rapidly and it has been spreading rapidly through what we would consider to be the eastern Mediterranean region. Um, but now with the fact that the gospel is going out to not only Jews, but also Gentiles, uh, it's growing that much more quickly. And that's where we find ourselves picking up here in verse 19. So, as we read, uh, here's a question that I'd like you to have in your mind as we go through today's passage. okay? And the question is, why shouldn't we try to do everything? Why shouldn't we try to do everything? That's the question I want you to be thinking about uh, as we read through the passage. And again, we'll be in Acts chapter 11, verse 19 through 30. So with that question in mind, uh, let's go ahead and jump in. So it says in verse 19, now those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen, made their way as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord, And news about them reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. And when he arrived and saw the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and the faith, and a large numbers of people were added to the Lord." Then he went to Tarsus to search for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught large numbers, and disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. In those days, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them, named uh, Agabus, stood up and predicted by the Spirit that there would be a severe famine throughout the Roman world. And this took place during the reign of Claudius. Now, each of the disciples, according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brothers and sisters who lived in Judea. And they dig this, sending it to the elders by means of Barnabas and Saul. All right. So now what we're going to do is we're just going to break down what this passage says, and we're going to just try to examine it to understand some of the key things that we just saw there. So uh, the first point we want to look at is the fact that, again, the gospel is now rapidly expanding through the Gentile world, right? Uh, The mission field has more than doubled now that they're preaching to both Jews and Gentiles, right? And we saw them because some of them you know, who came from Antioch began speaking to the Greeks also, and the Lord was with them and a large number believed and turned to the Lord. It's not exactly actually clear if the guys who were doing this had heard of what had happened with Peter and Cornelius or not. Uh, we could assume that they had, but it's actually a possible reading of the passage that, that they were just going ahead and doing this um, without maybe having necessarily Un, you know hearing the whole story of what had happened with Cornelius and that whole Roman household in Caesarea. But regardless, right, there's now a need for more ministers, uh, specifically ministers really who understand the language and the culture because they're ministering and in prog- in, in, in increasingly you know, more and more Greek and Gentile areas. They have a different culture than the Jews. They have different languages that they're speaking, right. Um, and so there would have been some of that cultural language barrier. And so what we actually see here, and this is the second main point I want to focus on today, is that there's this team approach to ministry that we see in this passage that I I really want to focus on uh, as we're looking uh, here today. Because uh, first we we see that the, the church in Jerusalem, what do they do? They send Barnabas, right? In verse 22, it's like, they sent out Barnabas, and when he arrived, he encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord. Uh, And he was a good man, full of the spirit and of faith. And so what we're seeing here, you know, they sing Barnabas. Why do they sing Barnabas? Well, Barnabas brings a lot to the table, as we can see in just this short passage, right? Um, First, we know that Barnabas was himself a Hellenistic Jew from Cyprus uh, who knew the Greek culture and language, right? So he was a really key person to send there. there. There was a thoughtful decision. To sing Barnabas up to Antioch, right? Uh, and we saw those facts about Barnabas's life back in Acts chapter four, verse thirty-six. So he's a Hellenistic Jew. He's from Cyprus. He understands the Greek language and culture. Um, he's clearly great at encouraging, but also challenging others to godliness. If you guys remember from earlier lessons, Barnabas's name was actually Joseph, but. He became known as Barnabas because that name means "son of encouragement," right? So we know him him be an encouraging person. We see from this passage that he is great at challenging people uh, as well, uh, and he set a good example by the way that he lived. So he brought he brought a lot to the table, right? But Barnabas didn't bring everything to the table. That's also really key, right? Why? Well, simply, one person can't do everything. One person doesn't have all the gifts. One person doesn't have all the talents. No one person even has all the time, right? No one person can connect with everyone. So even with somebody, and this is something for us to think about today, even with somebody that is clearly as gifted, uh, as wonderful of a person, and just good at connecting and encouraging people, even somebody who was as good at all those things as Barnabas was, he still wasn't enough by himself. He still went for the team approach to ministry that we're seeing in this passage. And we know that because he didn't try to do all of this by himself. After spending some time there, he decided that he was going to go and find Saul, who, was, who he knew uh, last was in Tarsus, right? And as I said in the introduction to today's lesson, if you look at the map, Tarsus and Antioch up that way, um, they were not that far from each other. So Barnabas goes, hey, Saul, I think it might still be kind of close. I'm going to go get him. Uh, And so we saw that, right? Large numbers in verse 24 uh, were added to the Lord. uh, And then Barnabas went to Tarsus to search for Saul. So he had to go figure out where he was staying and, and, and track him down. But he did. And when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. And Saul was the right team member for Barnabas for a lot of reasons, right? Uh, we know that God had specifically called Saul to preach to the Gentiles. That was way back in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, when, when uh, Paul, uh, Paul, Saul, it can get confusing. It's the same guy. When Saul was receiving his calling from the Lord, right? Uh, Saul was also highly educated in the Greek culture and language, just like. Barnabas was right. Uh, Saul also had the skills needed for this kind of ministry, but also Saul and Barnabas clearly had a good relationship, uh, which we can only uh, you know know, assume had really blossomed during their time in Jerusalem when Barnabas had stepped up to defend Saul and to fight for his acceptance in the church. Right, Uh, so. Again, Saul was called to this ministry, he was gifted for this ministry, and him and Barnabas already had a good relationship. And so Barnabas goes and finds him to bring him onto the team because there's a lot of work that has to be done. But then we see even more teamwork in this passage, right? Because the third main point I want to focus on here is that everyone ministered in the team according to their own ability, right? Uh, We see a single need. Right. And the single need was an impending famine uh, that was prophesied by Agabus and maybe some of the other prophets. So we see a single need, this impending famine, but it's being addressed in three part cooperation. First, we saw that Agabus, right? uh, He was using the gifts that God had given him to bring awareness to the need. Right. Agabus had a gift of prophecy and he used that gift God used that gift through Agabus, right, to bring awareness to the need uh, of the of the famine, which had not yet manifested, right? So this prophetic gift tells the church, hey, a famine is coming. And we saw that in verse 28. Then these new Christians in Antioch gathered the provision that was needed. It, it, it came on their heart. We want to make sure the people down in the, in the church down in Judea is taken care of. So it came on their heart and they they gathered provisions out of their own resources. So now that's what they're bringing to the table, right? They're bringing a heart of compassion and generosity and care. They're bringing their their resources and, and the assets that they have, which, you know, that they can use to to bring provision to uh, the people down in Judea. Uh, so that's what they're bringing to the table. And then we see Saul and Barnabas bring something to the table, and that is, their experience and their ability traveling, right? Because it says that uh, in verse 30 that the gift that was prepared by these new believers in Antioch was then taken back down to Jerusalem and Judea by Barnabas and Saul. So you have Agabus with the prophecy gift and he's bringing that to the table to bring awareness to the need. You have uh, the new Christians who have their heart for care and the ability to provide uh, what's needed. They bring that to the table, so they bring their assets to the table. They bring their provisions to and their resources to the table. And then uh, Saul and Barnabas are bringing their traveling experience to the table, and they're saying, hey, we know how to get from here to there. We've got experience traveling. Give it to us. We'll take it. Right. So there's this three-part cooperation. Again, there's this key Team approach to ministry. No one's trying to do it all, right? And that's what I want us to think about today. No one tried to do everything. Some of us really struggle not trying to do everything. But we see here in the early church, they didn't do that. They brought what they had to the table. They worked. There was a team approach to ministry, right? One had the revelation. Others had the material provision. And others had the ability to travel. And they all brought that to the table. They all brought that to the team. And together they solved the problem, right? They each contributed to the effort, uh, whatever assets God had given them. But they also made room for one another to do the same. And that's also key, right? It's not just enough for me to bring to the table what I can bring to the table. I also need to make sure that I'm providing room. For others in the church, others in the community, others that I'm in relationship with, provide room for them to bring to the table what they have to bring to the table, right? That they can trin- they can contribute to the uh, problem solving and the task that's at hand, right? And later, Paul uh, would actually give these same instructions to the churches in many of his epistles. Um, you know, he would give these instructions to the churches to essentially take this team approach to ministry. Okay. Uh, if you look here in first Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, he writes to the church there. He says, what then brothers and sisters, whenever you come together, each one has a hymn, uh, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue an interpretation. Everything is to be done for building up. Right? So we're saying, listen, when you gather together in the church, each one is bringing something to the table. Each one's bringing some component of what is needed, and together the ministry is happening. And we also see him talk about this in his letter to the church in Rome. And at, uh, I'm sorry, Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 4, he writes, Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many, are actually one in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation. Giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy, with cheerf- with cheerfulness right so he's also talking about the attitude He's saying if you have this gift do it and do it well right so the picture here is very clear my body is actually comprised of many parts working together and in the same way the body of Christ which is the church is also composed of many parts working together not all doing the same thing, not all bringing the same thing to the table, not all having the same gifts or provisions or assets or experience, but all having what God has given them, bringing it to the team, and taking the team approach to solving a problem, the team approach to ministry, the team approach to working through a situation. That's what we saw the church doing in this passage in Acts eleven nineteen through 30. So as we begin to think about that, uh, one of the ways that we can think about that, let me just give you some questions that are kind of they're kind of focused, but open ended questions that I want you to think about that will help you kind of go deeper with some of the ideas that we just read here and explored uh, and begin to apply them in your own life. So uh, the first thing I, I encourage you to you know, question and uh, you know, just really invite you to tackle is that question we started with uh, as we read through the passage. And the question is, why shouldn't we try to do everything? Why shouldn't we try to do everything? Let's explore that question in light of today's passage, right? Uh, Another question I invite you to think about is, uh, what stood out to you just in this passage? Like, as you read it, what really grabbed your attention? You know, the Holy Spirit speaks to us as we read the Scripture, and He grabs things, and He brings our attention to them. So be thoughtful about that. What stood out to you as we went through this passage? Um, Do you find yourself ever trying to do it all? Why? If that's you, if you often find yourself trying to do it all, why do you find yourself doing that? Why do you try to do it all? Explore that question uh, today. And then uh, for those of you who are in uh, the church, in Hope Valley, as you know, we do a house church model. uh, And this is a great question for us to think about in, uh, in our house churches, right? How can we better use this team approach in the house church model of Hope Valley? And even if you're watching this and you don't go to Hope Valley, maybe you're in a different church, um, you know, whatever church you find yourself in, how can you better use this team approach to ministry in your ministry settings? And that applies to all ministry, ministry in your home, ministry to friends, ministry that is outside, you know, the four walls of your church, um, all those kinds of things. And if you're not, in a church, if you're not in a community of believers, of brothers and sisters uh, in real time relationship and you're working together, if you're not doing that, um, then as you think about this team approach, you know maybe it can be an encouragement to you to go find a community of brothers and sisters in the Lord and, and work together uh, because that is really what the church is meant to be. And truly is when it's operating properly, right? So think about those questions. Um, and again, we must stop trying to do it all. We have to make room for one another to contribute in our lives and in uh, the ministry that God's giving us. So I hope that you can uh, just, uh, I hope that it sticks with you for a little while and just go deeper with that and just let the Lord speak to you. A couple of things I give you a pray about today as well. Um, First of all, this is just a really important thing for us to do whenever we're looking at the scripture: is come to the Lord with a heart of repentance, and a heart of repentance isn't like you know, like you know, just about making you feel terrible and sorry. It's about recognizing a need for change, right? When we look at the scripture, we see what God's teaching. We often will find that there is something in us that must change in light of what the what God's word is saying. So that's what repenting is. What repentance really. Is So the first thing I encourage you to pray through day is to repent of any pride or fear that has been pushing you to do it all. Uh, it's often pride or fear that's really the driving force behind this tendency to try and do it all, right? So step one, just repent of that. That's not from the Lord, okay? And then the other thing I encourage you to pray about is to ask the Lord to teach you to make room for others gifts for the gifts that other people bring to the table um and to make room for that to make room for collaboration ask the lord uh to teach you to do that and he and he will right um so again give those things some thought uh this week and uh, uh last thing i'll leave you with is just maybe kind of a deeper question for you to ponder on and and just give some thought and uh uh every week around Wednesday, we send like a devotional on this question to help you go a little bit deeper. It's like hopevalley.church, that's our website. Um, but here's the devotional question for this week. And that is, you know, in what areas of life are you least likely to ask for help? Is it because of fear or pride? Or both? Okay, think about that question this week. In what areas of your life Are you least likely to ask for help? Okay. Um, So let that question sit with you. Pray about that question. And uh, look, I just thank you for being here. And I hope this has been a blessing to you and that you'll continue with us as we study through uh, the book of Acts. But in the meantime, I just pray that you have a blessed uh, day. And uh, yeah, hope to see you again. Bye. We are so glad you have joined us today. To learn more about Hope Valley Church and get access to free resources, just go to www.hopevalley.church. Hope Valley is a church based in Winchester, Virginia that meets in homes around the region. So, if you'd like to find out more about home churches, how they work, and how to locate one near you, just go to hopevalley.church/house. Thanks again for joining us and may God bless you today.